TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 561, and I'm Libya, your host. This week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida and host the Screen Tom podcast on iTunes and Anchor. Hi, this is Yusun, calling in from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. All right. Uh, Tom, you have the news. Hit us with it. Yeah, there's a little bit this week. ABC has scrapped the David E. Kelly, Michael Connolly drama Avalon starring Nev Campbell, which had a series order. Evidently, they were not pleased with the pilot and decided to spike it. Uh, A&E Studios is still bullish on the project, and they're exploring options to proceed. Amazon has announced that Hunters will end with season two, and they are going to enter the Spider-Verse with Sony-produced Spider-Man universe series. First up, Silk Spider Society from The Walking Dead uh, head writer Angela Kang. Finally, from Amazon, Bob Greenblatt and Allison Janney have partnered up to adapt Confident Women into an anthology series. Amazon Freevee has rescued Neighbors, a popular Australian soap that went for 36 years. New episodes will be shot next year and air in the second half. Uh, the alumni of Neighbors included Kylie Minogue, Guy Pierce, Jason Donovan, and Margot Robbie, who all made guest appearances in July before the original run ended. Amy Adams Bond Group Entertainment has set a first-look deal with Fifth Season, which was formerly known as Endeavor Content. BBC America has announced that Millie Gibson from Coronation Street will join Doctor Who as Ruby Sunday, the 15th Doctor's new companion. Well, oh, that is the worst name for a companion It ever. sounds like a restaurant. Well, that it would be sounds Ruby like Tuesday. a hooker She's name. Right, yeah. This is the knockoff for Ruby Tuesday, basically. Yeah. Yes. Um, Percy Jack- uh, Disney Plus's Percy Jackson series has added Jade Duplass and Timothy Amundsen in guest starring roles. And finally, HBO has announced that White Lotus has been picked up for season three in a new location with a new cast, although there might be a holdover. I hope it's not the same one from last time because she's a serious buzzkill season two. Yeah. She was so much fun in the first season, and this season it's like all they did was make her annoying. Ugh, seriously. That's all it. Right, is that it? All right, let's start with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Big Shot. And uh, going into, you know, uh, the they do have a cliffhanger, which I was kind of happy and annoyed by. Did it remind, wait, they did this exact same thing in Love and Basketball, right? I had not seen crazy? Love and Basketball for a long time, so I couldn't tell I f- I feel like the end thing is exactly from Love and Basketball, but it ended differently, which is why they ended up not being together. Because they put everything on a sh- shot, a basketball shot. Well, we heard it swoosh. That's true, but I'm saying in Love of Basketball, it went the other way where uh, they missed. And so then they didn't get together. And then you have to go like 10 years later. It was a whole thing. And I was like, why would you put your entire fate on a basketball shot or a flipped coin? Like, it's all ridiculous. It's like not taking ownership. Of, it, isn't of taking on, it isn't taking ownership. I, I mean, know. That's, that's what I don't That's how Dragon did with Harmon. Harm or and or Mac flipping a coin to decide who stays in the military. They, they did this. that in Farscape. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an it's kind of a a, a worn out series TV trope. Um, I I got to give them props. I mean, looking at nine and ten kind of as a a quasi episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was. I thought the whole thing bringing in Patrick Fabian as her ex husband was like lame because. I you like knew that wasn't go. I like him, but you knew that wasn't going anywhere. Oh yeah, well I like Patrick Fabian as an actor, but for TV especially, he usually gets cast as an antagonist type figure, and so you know with his baggage, it's like she's not getting back together with him. Right. And it was just, it just made the whole thing awkward. Like, why would you try to? And then the awkwardness of the other guy, like living with her still, it was so weird. Of Mark like, of, of, of Corn. Yeah, I yeah. thought the. 
I thought that everybody was being a little bit overly dramatic with the whole Emma sneaking off the Hollywood thing and Holly rescuing her. It's like, okay, Holly, Holly, I mean, everybody, everybody overreacted. Marvin overreacted. Holly should have said something or texted him. I mean, as a courtesy. Well, because she she got, he's standing in the room when she gets the the text. When she gets the text, it says, hey, can you come pick me up? And the thing is, the daughter should have known that they would have might maybe been in the same room. So that was really weird. And my thing is, I think if I was Holly, I would have been like, oh, so your daughter wants me to come pick her up. I'm going to go pick her up and then you can yell at her. But she she asked me to do it. So let's be reasonable. Let me go get her so she's safe. You mm-hmm. know what's going on, and then when she comes in the house, you can do like she should have said something. Yeah, before she left, I agree. They had the to go acting like a child or a teenager. Yes, or- and then uh, his reaction was way over the top because she still brought her his daughter home safe and sound, yeah. and told him immediate that she told him as soon as they got home. It wasn't like they tried to make it a secret. Nope. Anything like like it was just everybody overreacted to that situation. Yeah. But. So. In terms of the stakes of the uh, of the big championship, I thought it was, I mean, having Coach miss the lead-up game because of the, he should have told Holly what was going on. For, here, right. Here's what I hate. Talk to each other, people. For fucking <laughs> Talk to each other. If I've got to leave, you know, when, when my bestie's wife died all of a sudden last year, I told my bosses, because it was like during the school week, so I had to miss classes. But I told, you know, my associate deans and my dean, my best friend's wife died. I will take the red eye Monday. I will take the red eye coming back Tuesday. But I need to be there for him. And that's fine. And they just act like, you know, nobody's been through stuff before or had, you know, good fathers or good family friends pass. Because he, I mean, he found out the news at the game and he freaked out at the game, which I get. But, and, and. Well, first off, he should have had his phone on Do Not Disturb. Thank during you. The- I thought the same thing. I was like, "Why are you I'm checking sorry. your phone right now?" Yeah. I, I have my I have my stuff set to work. Don't bother me unless it's certain people. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. That he just got a news alert in the middle of a championship game, and like, I was like, "Why is your phone on?" I had the same thought. <laughs> Seriously, I had why the same do you have thought. your phone with you? Everybody you care about is in that room. <laughs> That's true, too. So I thought that was really weird. But even, sure, he finds out this information, and he legit is frozen. Like, I get his reaction. Um, but Although he also, was during a timeout, still talk to people, say, Holly, can you take this? Take it over. Take over. I need a minute. Yeah. It, it, okay. it just felt both episodes felt a little writery because we need X, Y, and Z to happen. Therefore, we don't care if it's not credible or realistic. We're going to do that. Yeah. I yeah. do give them props for, I think it would have been better if they had just lost the chip because they got outplayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got new players on their team, whereas the other school. Well, and that's the other thing is the new girl. So that they lose the game because he adds a new girl at the last minute and she doesn't know all the plays. So um, I totally, I like that they lose the game partially because the new girl doesn't know the plays. I think that's actually kind of cool. I like that, but they didn't need it to be because the coach freaked out in that moment. Yeah, it could have just I been just, the team wasn't solid because we added new players. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Anyway. So anyway. But I, I did like the very end. I like, cause I do like Holly and corn together. So. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, come that. on. Yeah. I give them props for keeping them apart this long. Right. 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 Because season one, they didn't really hint at it at all. I thought they did. I mean, I I saw mean it. They, they they hinted at it, but not in terms of it was subtext, not text. Season one, sure. And, sure. and season two, you know, it crept forward. Um, I do. I mean, the thing is, I like I like the premise. I like the show. I like the cast. I will forgive some sloppy writing. All right. And at the end well, of the day, I it think, is a Disney show. <laughs> I think we're saying thumbs up. Yes. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about the mysterious Benedict Society. And this episode was uh, what's the little girl's name? The Ransom of Red Chief. Uh, what's the little what's the little Constance. girl's name? Constance is by far the best character. Good. And you on used to not show. like her originally, if I remember correctly. Uh, cause she played a little bratty, but yeah. then once you actually realized who she was, 
one, I'm super impressed by that actress. The actress yes. is what eight or nine? It's yes. insanity how All good she is. She reminded me yeah. of Kristen Dunst, like that kind of like uh, gravitas, Precocious. gravitas, and kind yeah. of like evilness that you believe in. You're just like, I am scared of you. you know I mean? <laughs> like a and I absolutely. Person. Right, and I absolutely believe she outsmarted her kidnapper. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. That well, scene thing- where she throws that thing and she's like, there, I destroyed it. I was just like, did you not think that she could, like, physically throw something at that machine? It wasn't, like, behind glass. It wasn't behind a gate or anything. She's just like, huh, there you go. And I was like, oh, I love you, little child. And you know how much I hate you know, bad child actors. They're all. She is not bad. She is so good. All very solid, but she is fantastic. And I'm dying. I would love behind the scenes. I I would love to know what she's like in real person, like in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like, is she scary in real life and not that good of an actress? Or is she all like. She's like just charming and affable and like. Right? I bet. Which is even even scarier, Tom. That's actually scarier. (laughs) yeah she's fantastic i love that girl she yeah like and then when they all like at the very end of the episode aren't they all captured because they're like oh we found you we're captured by the by the not water polo female not water polo (laughs) water polo team (laughs) which are just this woman's henchmen and she's paying them in like cyber money or something like it's ridiculous well, when and she finds out the market crash, they're going to turn I know, up. right? They're like, I'm playing you in crypto. And I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so all of that is really funny to the point where I don't care what's going on with the twin brothers, honestly. Like the whole, is he faking it or not? Fa- I don't care yep. anymore. So, good point. It's interesting because the way the show is set up, you basically have, I mean, they, they give all the adults first billing. And the kids, uh-huh. you know, the kids after they get through all the adults, but it's a it's based on kid books, so of course we're going to focus on the kids more. I mean, come on, right. it's a Disney just, show. I'm just saying that last season I did care about the brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the thing is, everybody was all together in one location for the most part. Also, there was yeah. a big mystery. We didn't kind yeah. of know well, their the mystery around the brothers. Or, you know yeah. how it worked or what was actually going on, so you cared. But now we know that there's this like love hate weird like kumbaya thing where he's like he just wants my approval and i was like i don't care i don't care about any of that we're codependent (laughs) yeah yeah it's like oh yay twins that have a weird codependent relationship oh who's not watching oh my god trevor trevor noah said the best thing ever is when you said twins it made me think of it he was talking about the fact that the population is now at eight billion and he was like solution obviously is to get rid of all the duplicates and he's like, oh, about that's fantastic. And he was like, he was like, I know what you're thinking. And you're saying, hey, are you saying you want to kill my twin brother? And I was like, no, I'm saying you should kill your twin brother. <laughs> one of you. And I lost it. I was like, that is the best thing. That is so, anyway. many twins on this planet, though. <laughs> Wait, if you're a, if you're a triple it, if you're part of a triple, I, I feel like the same rules apply. I feel like the same rules apply if you're a triplet. You got to kill two of your siblings? Identical yeah. only or fraternal as well. Oy. Oh, okay. Now, I feel like fraternal are not duplicates. That's, anyway, we're off track. I'm sorry. I just took us way off track. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're talking about we, kids and all of a sudden you're talking about twin Killing guys. twins. <laughs> I know, right? But the, uh, the thing I love most about this show is the kids are smart and use intelligence to get out of situations because we have enough dumb kids on tv yep and whiny and annoying these kids like you know and i love how they do make fun of each other or they do kind of like you know that whole thing about like i love that each one of them really has a role one's the brain specialty right right. yeah one's like the more has the morals the other one has the you know you know the total scientific brain the other one is street smart the other one has got a bucket Yeah. (laughs) The other one is the muscle. The scary little tiny blonde one is truly the muscle. You know? So like I just got I have to give them props for there was a classic short story from um I think it was early 20th century called The Ransom of Red Chief, where these idiot kidnappers kidnapped this kid and he's awful. And by the end, they're like wanting to get rid of him. 
They're like, give them back. It's called the Ransom of Red Chiefs. So I love that this was kind of a free adaptation of that. Because I'm thinking, of all those kids to snatch, you picked the wrong one. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's it's a really fun show. And, you know, this is not a diss at all, but it's a very easy watch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I find that, like, if I have to leave the room, wait, trust me, let me if, let me finish this thought. If I have to leave the room, I will because I won't miss much plot. However, you, you will miss like, you know, cute little jokes or like, you know, facial expressions or you'll miss a lot of details. So I'm not telling anyone to walk out of the room. I just mean that it's really compelled by it's really propelled by uh, personality. You know what I mean? And and uh, the acting and stuff. Like, the plot isn't particularly complicated or interesting, especially this season, because there doesn't seem to be a mystery. You know what I mean? So it's a lovely, fun watch, you know? And I think, I mean, this sounds like a like an advertisement, but it really is a show that, like, parents and children can watch together, and parents won't be bored, and I think kids will be very engaged. So yeah, I watched, I watched this with my nephew. I watched several episodes with him. And, and he, he liked it? it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on. I think we're saying thumbs up. For sure. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about dangerous liaisons. And when I say we, I mean Yusin and Allison, and maybe Tom. A little bit. Not me. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Allison, what'd you think? Um, I was actually surprised uh, because I was, you know, I was kind of looking forward to seeing this mentoring situation. Yes. uh, Developing between between the two of them. Um, and uh, then they, they just sort of killed her off within like the first five minutes of episode two. And, um, I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) what just happened? Um, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled with that. I, I'm still invested in the show and I, I, I like what they did later as far as showing, uh, exploring, you know, the cleverness that it, uh, that it takes to, to still, you know, stay there even now that the um, the uh, not, not countess, but I'm trying to think what her title is. Marquis. Uh, Marquis. Uh, now that the Marquis is or the Marquess. Um, the Marquess uh, is uh, now that she's gone, because she has to now find a way to tr- to convince the Marquis, who is a horrible person. Yeah. Um, and and clearly a good enough reason for her. For, for the Marquez to want to throw herself down the stairs, um, th- that that somehow she belongs there and that he should not throw her out. Uh, and and I was wondering if they would manage to make this work in some way that I would find believable sans, like, blackmail. And they actually did. Uh, so I, I, I thought but that that was... But it was blackmail. Was I mean, he, she basically blackmailed him with this... You know, suicide note. No, isn't that black? That, that was what ultimately. But I think that she was also kind of worming her way in there even prior to the note. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't like her. He doesn't like anybody. I don't get that impression. <laughs> and he's he's played by an actor who kind of has made a career of playing horrible yes. human beings. Yeah. So you're you're prepared the second you look at him that oh he's going to be uh, he's going to be trouble, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Still, I, th- I thought that the whole thing played extremely well. Uh, um, although although I will miss the Marquesa. Oh, my God. I loved her so much. And yeah. she's Leslie a- Manville, Oscar winner. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, she had such gravitas and, like, uh, pathos. Like, you, I mean, I felt for her. Like, you know, uh, she actually reminded me more of Glenn Close than Camille does. I mean, obviously, yes. it's easy to mm-hmm. say that because they... You the know, age range, all the age range, nothing, and the, yeah. you know, uh, obviously. But I mean, more the kind of the the gravitas of the. Here's my problem with the show. I think it's a solid show. Um, I think it does honor the movie, the Glenn Close movie, not so much Valmont. Um, we, I, t- I talked about this last last podcast. Um, but I do believe it does kind of. It is very much a prequel. Uh, it very much kind of gives you insight onto like how things ended up 20 years later, whatever. Um, and the, the kind of machinations and the, you know, the, the letters are power or knowledge is power. Like that's the entire movie of, I mean, it's the entire book, obviously. But so I think they do a good job of that. You know, in fact, I thought the line where she was like, um, 
the letter is a weapon, you know, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and she was like, you know, I could be a, your friend or I could have been an ally or this or that. And the major domo was like, whatever. And then when he gets fired, he's like, uh, I'm going to need to give that bullet to someone who can actually pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that political kind of behind the scenes and, you know, and, and, you know, the hackneyed old line, the enemy of my enemy kind of a thing. Um, but it all plays into the, the absolute spirit of, of the book, the movie. I, I, but I have to go back and say this episode really should have really should have made me sort of cheer on and embrace Camille. And I just, just don't think she has the acting chops to kind of, um, when she's hurt and heartbroken, I do really feel that she's that heartbroken. And when she's kind of learning how to play with power and intimidate and, you know, even when she was like raging about some lady who threw her out or something, I was like, are you really that upset? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just want more from her because the, the whole series is just more than Valmont. It's her, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. excuse me, it's her story. And so I feel like for me, I want to love this show. I don't, but I think it's very solid. And there is nothing to say about those costumes. I mean, it just, if, if you have a show like this, you have no business making the show if you don't have the money for the costumes. Like, I literally feel like when you're budgeting a show like this, you're just like, Okay, where's the where's the money for the costumes? You know what I mean? And then it's like we don't have that kind of money. I guess we're not making this show. So it's they're exquisite, they're period accurate for the most part. I feel like I didn't see enough shoes, so I can't tell you. But but that being said, um, I don't even care. Like the small things that were or weren't, who cares? I'm not looking for them. Um, and you know the the um, the kind of regalness of it, um, it 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 shows. You know what I mean? So I. We'll watch the show. Whether it gets better or worse, I, I will watch it. There are plenty enough reasons. I But I just really wanted to love it. And I'm going to give her like another episode before I just kind of concede to the fact that I will, you know, I will never love her and just enjoy the show despite her. That sounds too harsh. She's solid. She's just not who I wanted for, you know, the pre-Glenn Close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Tom? Tom, I was going to say Tom has comments. Yeah, I watched episode two. Uh, it's, I, I think I've reached reached capacity for for white people behaving badly type shows. <laughs> but um, you know, oh, period costume edition. Um, I was I was shocked that they killed off Leslie Manville's character so oh, quickly. Yeah. I mean, I just like what were you so thinking? I would that that seems like something they should have done at the end of season one, going into season two. Yeah. Uh, her husband's a tool. Uh, obviously the note hopefully will be able to be used somebody as a weapon against him, but mm-hmm. he was just so cold and bleh. it's like, again, who am I supposed to care about in these shows? Cause you know, Camille, you're supposed <laughs> to care about Camille and you don't cause her acting isn't good enough to draw you in. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I might give it one more episode, but I'm not the most enthusiastic. You know what? I will say this, Tom. I think I, I will, I will totally get on board with what you're saying. I feel like it's not nuanced enough. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the acting isn't particularly nuanced and the one who had the most nuance, Leslie, uh, you know, got killed. So I will just say this. Um, it was anticlimactic and I understand why they did it so that they could propel her into like, you know, becoming her and stuff. But I think it was a really bad narrative choice. I agree. Yep. With all of all you. Right. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the Mighty Ducks. Uh, do they even say Game Changers anymore? I know they did. Yeah, it's on, on there. It's on the logo. Oh, okay, because I was like, I feel like it wasn't. But anyway, so we have, this is the penultimate. Next week is a finale. Um, and this episode, because they, they did a very similar thing that with Big Shot, where they had uh, Lauren Graham look like she was going to hook up with uh, the new leading guy with Josh Jamal. It, what, what I really liked is they did this. Well, the awkward thing I didn't like, but what I did like was they reestablished their personalities, which was why they didn't like each other in the beginning. So they had their kiss and they're like, Oh, well maybe. And then like, Oh, right. You're a jerk. <laughs> I like, so I actually thought that was, 
that was nice. That was not exactly because I mean I thought they were gonna follow the standard romantic trope and have him be super charming and and win her over, but nope, he just went back to kind of what he was. He kind of revealed what he was always like, and it wasn't even like a secret because she knew that, which was why she didn't like him in the first place. So I thought that was kind of cool. Well, the thing that's interesting is they agree to float the idea about having their kids swap teams back to the original teams. And then he goes ahead and orders and does it. them, yeah. which gets, you know, like in soap opera trope, any conversation can be overheard by the wrong person right, right, at the wrong time. Right. And so, so he's breached basically three people's trust mm-hmm. instead of just one. And that was like, you know, whatever. It's too far. And Talk then she's he's lucky that she didn't hear about the conversation he had with her son. I that thought was that brutal. was not. I mean, the thing is, telling telling somebody you've got heart, but I don't think you're talented enough. That's not a conversation you should be having with a child that young. That's yes. a conversation that your coach has with you as you're an upperclassman in high school saying, Hey, I mean, I've had to have that conversation with writing students and usually it's graduate level writing students, not right. my, my undergrads, but dude, I just thought he, yeah, he, he was, he was, he was an a-hole this week. <laughs> yeah. And I, and he was like, well, how come you want your son back instead of me? I've been playing better. And he was like, oh, well, and the answer, even if his son does have talent, He's obviously choked now, so he doesn't. He that talent's not showing. So, and he doesn't try. He doesn't excel under him. So mm-hmm. everything he was doing was just wrong, on so many levels. Um, but what I like is they didn't. It wasn't like they changed his character. It wasn't a character assassination. We've already established that this is who he is. You know, he's just been nicer for weeks, and we kind of forgot that this is who he is. So anyway, thumbs up for me. And next week we're going to have the big uh, playoff. And I'm like, because this is the Mighty Ducks, obviously some kind of way the Ducks are going to win. I don't know how. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm like, I've seen this trope. So I'm, I'm sure that the Ducks are going to figure out. because I don't know. Have... After Big Shot. I mean, two knows. shows. I mean, true. But Big Shot's also, that's not the premise. The premise of the Mighty Ducks is very much about how they overcome odds and stuff. Like, that's the entire premise of all the movies. And all they always end up winning in the end, some kind of way. Well, so, sports, and then you can't, have the, you can't have the team, you can't have the team that actually trained the hardest actually win. You have to have the team with heart of gold that wins. And it's going to be ridiculous. But, they might surprise um, us. Well, and they also, that's the only way the coach is going to eat crow. You can't have this guy go through all of this, be such a douchebag, and then he wins the game. Like, I feel like that's not going to happen. That's just my uh, prediction. on. And plus, Lauren Graham is a star and producer on the show. So (laughs) there you go. Anyway, so it'll be fun. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Abbott Elementary. And this is the episode where... Uh, the teacher thinks that heart and can-do attitude can defeat science. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so I, I like the the science teacher a lot. He's like, yeah, my seventh graders are learning physics, and this is we're using the egg drop to do that. Your second graders don't understand the concept of physics. So how are you going to teach this class? And she's like, we're just going to do can-do attitude. And the thing that's hilarious is the teacher herself did not understand the, the egg drop. So how she, like, there were so many things wrong with that whole situation. Um, I do feel like, though, they are hitting the same note, especially since we're in season two at this point. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the same note with this teacher a lot. And she hasn't really grown. With Janine. I like her. Yeah, I'd well, like to I, I think it's baby step. I I really think that the, the dynamic they're going for is she's a Leslie Nope type cockeyed optimist and the principal's a very clueless, self self-obsessed Michael. I don't need the principal to change at all. I love the way she is. She doesn't but, need to change at but all. But I think Janine baby steps. Um 
Yeah, I the egg that's egg drop is a thing. Been there, done that. I have too. Um, yeah, I thought. Um, for me, I thought. I mean, aside from the resolution at the very end when she decides to do an egg rise, which of course blows up in her face because she forgets about the fans. After it she, was so creative. I, I gave her points for creativity on that. That was. But I thought the subplot was really interesting. Because uh, Barbara had judged this parent who was wearing salacious, closing with salacious words Not on them. Not just that, the clothes, it was, she had the big tattoo, too. Right, but she, but she had misjudged, I mean, she had basically uh, stereotyped her. Judge a book her, by a cover, right. Judge a book by a cover. And I thought that that was, it's not often, Barbara is always presented as the person who, you know, the Mary Poppins of that school, she's always right about everything. And I was glad they let her be wrong and uh, i thought her apology was really heartfelt i mean that's our that's our best supporting actress in a comedy winner cheryl lee ralph so for me that was a little bit more kind of engaging because and that's a thing because and also i give them points it made me uncomfortable oh yeah yeah like the whole thing like her being so judgmental uh and i like that the principal was like is she hurting her kid? No. Is her kid doing really well in school? Yes. Why do you care what her what she dresses like? Like, how is it your business? And I I, I was like, thank you. <laughs> but it, but it's the the clash of old school versus new school, right? You know, right. These people raised in a certain generation versus you know these young whippersnappers. <laughs> right. Right. And the fact that this woman has her own business and is doing well at the business mm-hmm. and. Just all of that stuff. I did love when she, what, when she told uh, the student what the initials stood for. <laughs> it's hilarious. What, what did she say? I can't remember. What did she say it was? I forget, oh, but it, it was S L U T. Oh, it was St. Louis University, University and, of Technology. <laughs> yes, that was that was a great. very fine school. All right, so we're saying thumbs up for Abbott Elementary, right? Oh yeah. All right. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about the English, and we'll talk about episode two. So, uh, Yusin, you seem very interested in discussing this episode. Listen, so, what would you like? I, I, I have. I'm starting to create my top twenty-two, my top of twenty twenty-two list, and Andor is right on top. And my honorable mention is going to be the English, and I'm only two episodes in, so um, I don't even care how it ends. It is so, It. I mean, Andor's almost done, and it's still getting the stamp, but, like, uh, I'm two episodes, here, here's the thing, I think I said last week, I'll, st- I'll try to stop yelling, um, I love westerns, and I love them all, I love the comedy westerns, I love the revenge westerns, I love the, you know, the super slow hero westerns, the whatever, um, I loved t- uh, Young Guns for freaking sake, you know what I mean, like, I, I will watch it. If there's a horse and a holster, I'm there. So like, and so for me, the show is, it does harken back to a different type or a specific kind of Western, but it's lyrical. It's beautiful. It's, it's like, and yet not so like highbrow or like, you know, pretentious, you know, the moments with um, Emily Blunt, who is just so lovely. And that seems like such a, uh, like a not a platitude, but like a light compliment. But she is does a perfect job of being like, and this is almost misogynistic sounding, but like it reminds me of a less aggressive version of the Nevers in the sense that she is very uh, like powerful, filled with her own agency. She's strong and yet still very feminine. She doesn't, you know, bounce, you know, she doesn't clod around in like pants, you know what I mean? To prove something, you know what I mean? Like she's got pants under her skirt cause it's practical, but like she still wears her pretty vests. And, you know, for me, I think true sort of representation of like feminism or like, you know, it doesn't being gender specific by color or by costume right? It annoys the crap out of me. However, for me, her character, like, I love how matter of fact she was about like, oh yeah, I'm really good with a bow and arrow, you know? And I thought, you know, is that going to be like, uh, you know, plot service where like, you know, she's going to be like overly whatever. It totally was like, um, 
organic. Like she just explained it in a one-off line about how like it's a big trend in England right now with the upper class. You totally believe it. You totally believe that it's just some sort of trendy pastime. And and then even like the way she shot her arrow, it wasn't like hoorah. Like the show is exquisite. It's delicate. It's nuanced. The 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 relationships that building between the two of them isn't like overly like romantic or to use uh the word earlier salacious you know it isn't like there isn't like you know a lot of sexual tension building it's just delicate and it's uh it's so and I, this seems like uh like dismissive but it's so adult you know it reminds me a little bit of merchant ivory films if anyone remembers them they're period oh, yeah. pieces, right they're they are exquisite in the like what isn't being said and the subtlety of it and the classy i hate that word um so for me <laughs> for me this western is all things it's it's all the things i just said but it's giving you western oh my gosh the shootout you know where um you know they come upon the three and he's like coaching her and he's like all right take those two down and then you know yeah. shoot the horse oh and- i loved i love the bit where he couldn't shoot that guy yes that was poetic and gorgeous and then she did it and she was like mm-hmm. yeah, that story had to end i mean all the ways they like all the ways they like um uh, divert uh, what's the word um uh you know when they um ex- uh, what's the word they they twist your expectations, you know, instead of doing the tropes, instead of doing the easy choices, they, they, they really just surprise you in the yeah. most beautiful ways. It's so, I'm going to let someone else talk. But I was about to say, I need, so, we need to move it's on. Okay. so beautiful on every level to watch and the score is amazing. Somebody else go. Tom, uh, what did you think? No, I really like it. For me, this this show is so dense. You really yes. need to sit and watch and listen because it it has a different aesthetic than most. Te- I mean, even Yellowstone, the L- Yellowstone series, which are you know the, the modern day set Yellowstone is is you know a, a contemporary western, but the origin stories are period pieces. But yeah, the acting, I really love the dude who plays Eli. He's, Amazing. Oh, he's fantastic. Amazing. Everybody knows Emily Blunt's terrific, except for in that Mary Poppins thing, but we'll forgive her for that. <laughs> and she was good. The script was terrible. But um, really, man. And the oh. thing is, the, the people the people that tried to bushwhack them after murdering the husband and oh. finding out that they murdered the mother, the pregnant mother. And so I oh, was not man. expecting... When when they come upon them, th- upon the, the the corpse of the woman, and Eli says, "I think I can save the baby," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And they do, and then she's reticent to take the baby for reasons. Well, I mean, it makes it makes sense. It, so oh, it makes perfectly good so sense. Poignant. But man, the thing that's kind of thrown me with this is this show is more episodic. It's really a mini series more than a series. Yes, it's a limited series. Because so far it's been very episodic, and even though the episode ends with them parting company, I'm pretty sure we will see him very quickly soon again. Because yes. they have to. I mean, he's like the co-lead of the show. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know that that, and they count down the days. He gives her the compass. Yep. And there, and he's like, "It'll take you five days. You go get them, come back. I'll see you in five days. I'll be waiting right here." Oh. And I love the f- fact that she put that money in a bank because you know that was. Boy, the West was rough, and people would just, you know, they will kill anybody to get stuff. And she had she a was. lot. And of she money. had a lot of money. That's what I'm about. It was crazy. Time. All right, uh, Allison. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've I've already said that I I binged through the entire series, and I am not a, a big Western fan, but this one just absolutely grabbed me, and this episode uh, was just so harrowing in so many ways i mean they they really get into the brutality of the of the period yes Mm -hmm. uh, i mean to to the point where i'm like was everybody out west a complete (laughs) a-hole yeah apparently Um, it's it's uh, but but that's the thing they're they're like uh, going from danger to danger and they're they're all of the human variety um so i i this this particular episode which sets up a lot of stuff that's that's going to be coming i mean really when you were talking about how you really need to pay attention to what's going on i think this is a particular episode that really emphasizes that because there's little things 
that they have in this episode that you need to look at because they pay off later. And, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's particularly like look, things like, you know, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but like the compass turns out to be more than what we think it is. Oh. Um, and so I think, I think there's so much, there's so much detail about this and so much nuance in the characters. And I do agree that the character, the, the actor who plays Eli is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm, I, I can't wait until I get a chance to see him in something else because he's just so terrific in this. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, okay, I, I want to say one thing. I just well, want to say I haven't gotten to speak oh, Sorry, yet. sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that, um, the thing that the first episode, I thought it, it was good, but I, like I said last week, I thought that the beginning was very, very slow. And I have to say this week, I didn't feel like that at all. Like this week's episode, it really felt like stuff was happening. Stuff was moving. Um, there, there were, I didn't feel anything was overly dramatic. And I don't know why it felt like that so much in the first episode, but this one felt very smooth, very and, and then I was like, what is the fascination with people's feet? I, as an editor, I'm, I noticed, you know, I'm looking at why they're cutting from one shot to the another shot. And they are picking really interesting shots. And if you notice, there's reds in um, the sun. Because they do, like, uh, sunbursts or things like that in the shots. And what I notice is there's always red in theirs. And I, that's obviously a choice. And I think that's a really interesting choice. And it's cinematic in a different kind of way. And their shots, they do stuff in the wides that I would have, in, in traditional television, would be in close-ups. But it's not to the detriment. It's actually, it's actually kind of interesting. And I was like, they stay in the wide just a touch longer than I would have. But it ends up, but not, but it ends up not being like bad editing. I was like, wow, okay. I was like, and now we're gonna go close. And now, and now, like, now we're going to go close. And then they do it. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's, um, the, it's, it's, it's shot and it's edited in a very different kind of way that I really appreciate because it's different. And, but it, yes, but in a artistic way, it, there's an art, there's an artistry to this that you don't normally see in television. Mm. So I, I am color me impressed. Yeah, the cinematography is gorgeous. And the thing is, I think those lo those wide shots are important because really the setting is is a character unto it itself. Absolutely. absolutely. The desolation and the mm -hmm. like isolation and that all is of that so is so important to what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say really quickly, because I think it's really important. I think that it does a beautiful job of uh, representing the Native American uh, if not the full experience, like the their their culture, and it's not done in a very Hollywood sort of, you know. I mean, look, we, I, a lot of people like Dances with Wolves. I think I did as well. But you know, for me, if there was still a sort of um, a little bit of a still of a stereotype kind of a thing. This seems so realistic or organic. We 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 learn about it, we know about it, but it's very just a part of who he is in a way that isn't foreign. It's like, oh, the Native Americans, I don't know what, you know, anything about them or look, this is their culture. It's so different from ours. It isn't in the way they present it, but they do such a nice job of, of honoring it without kind of sensationalizing it or caricaturizing it or, you know what I mean? And even the Indian call at the, I don't actually know what the name of that would be, the a Native American kind of a, uh, you know, parting call, I think is actually, it is, there is a, there is a, a specific, you know, song that they kind of, or call that they do when uh, people are, are parting. And so uh, even that was just so not like, I don't know, like extra dramatic, you know what I mean? It just seems so organic. And because I think, like you guys said, a lot has to go to the actor acting that, you know, that stuff. But I really wanted to say that because, you know, he's half the character and he's, Native American, and you know, I think it's important that they do a good job, and they do a great job. Well, the, they had a number of advisors of, about yeah, of of course, various various um, tribal origins, yeah. because they do meet uh, not just him, a lot of but other ones. a lot of different ones. Yep. And what I thought was interesting, I think it's in the first episode. It's if it's not, it's in the second, where he he actually 
makes the claim that, you know, even before the white people, the Indians were fighting amongst each other. Yep. Uh, because they do see each other as different nations. Yep. So uh, and 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 always have. So I thought that that was interesting to point out. And what I also think, and it goes to to your comment that it's it's not presented as something exotic yep. and you know weird, and is that they they give equal time to the weirdness of her culture as well yes. when she starts going on about the stars and about yes. astrology and fate and things like yep. that. Yep. Yeah. We got we got to wrap it up, guys. We got to wrap it up. So obviously we're all saying thumbs up for the anchor. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. good. All right. Next up, we're going to talk Warrior Nun, episode two. Um, and this episode, the thing about, the thing that's weird about the Warrior Nun, half the time it reminds me of Buffy. And I think part of it is the way that the actress is playing her character. It feels a little Buffy-ish. Mm, good point. But also she annoys me on top of it. So yep. it's like- She's supposed to be doing her job and her duty and her calling, and then she does stupid stuff. And it's like stupid teenage stuff, and I get it, but I gave her a lot of stupid teenage stuff leeway in season one. Correct. And I feel like stuff has gotten real in season two, and I am a lot less likely to give her as much leeway, such as trusting this random guy that she meets because he's cute. Uh, And which her friend tells her, she's like, are we following this dude around because he's cute versus... We shouldn't be trusting anyone. And she's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But it's obviously, yes, it's because he's cute. And I don't have that kind of patience this season. I don't I, have- I want I want the story to move. I want her to get better at what she does. And the, the plot, I want more plot versus more of her angsting after some cute boy. But, Honestly, yeah. I don't have patience for the show. I think it's kind of boring. You know what I mean? And I, I definitely walked through the room, you know, as I was watching it in the background and I thought nothing, like none of this needs to be rewound. I was like, I don't care what I missed. And I'm like, I'll keep watching it. You know, it's interesting enough, sort of. I still, I still don't know who Mary is. I like forgot to go back to like, look at the, I still <laughs> don't know. She's apparently dead. Yes. Apparently she's and now dead. she's actually dead. And I'm like, do I care? Totally forgot about the doctor when Lilith like was like, I'm going to the doctor. And I was like, who? Oh, right. The doctor with the kid. I remembered her. No. I don't remember her. I mean, I did as soon as I saw her, but I, I just, you know, in that moment, I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh, right, right. The kid and the thing. And then it actually made me remember the first season. And I was like, Oh, I liked first season way better with like, you know, with all the different characters and stuff. So I don't know where this show is going. It is like stuck in mud. And you like you said, she is still whiny. And I, I didn't give her a lot of leeway for a season, but you know, the action came around and you know, there was a it gave me a lot to overlook how annoying she was. I mean how annoying her character was. Um, but yeah, I'm I think when she's focused and is trying to do her job, she's fine. For like I seven think it's seconds. When they get, but I think it's not, I don't think it's the actress's fault. I think it's the writer's fault. Yes. Who keep trying to write her to yes. be this teenager who's like, well, I was par-. She keeps using this excuse. Well, I was paralyzed all this time. So I deserve right. to go off and party and be irresponsible. She literally knows that she's like the salvation or savior of like, I think the planet of Earth. humanity. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. In first season, it wasn't as dire. Right. Because she, they were, it went against, you know, I get it, but this, she knows what's at stake. Yes. So why are we doing this? Anyway, yes. Allison, you go, you go, because we got to, we got to keep moving. Yeah, well, I, I saw the, the, the whole series. Uh, I was, like, I as, as my want, I tend to blow through things pretty quickly. So um, I, I will say that, yes, in the beginning, it is kind of slow, and she's, she's doing the typical teenager thing, but it, after that, it does focus and she does get she gets better um so there there is that uh the story i wish got got better um i think i think overall this season is less focused than the last one and in it you know it does things that are sloppy like having everybody mope about mary without bothering to remind the audience who she was and she she was actually i because i i went and looked for the information um, Shotgun Mary was a, a pretty uh, important part of last season. It's just that was you know the black girl, right? That was the black Isn't girl, right? yes, who was right. you know did all of the, the fancy gun work and everything. She she was 
really badass. And then they, I don't know, maybe maybe the actress wasn't available, but they didn't yeah, bring her back. It took a really long time to do season two. So yeah, because possible. it looked like at first, you know, they're hunting for her. So they clearly they're going to find her. And then, oops, no, I guess she got hired in another job. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that did not happen. Um, you know, and other characters get kind of short shrift and, and get written like they're they're not sure what they're going to do with them, which I think, again, goes to a lot of the thing about being caught in the midst of COVID. But it, it's I don't know, I, I, I want to as far as focusing on the second episode is concerned, I think a, a lot of the, the problems with her acting immature and things like that do get resolved the 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 boy who she's following the blonde guy um uh is is turns out to be more interesting um if if in a predictable way uh than he seems to be at first um and i don't know well, I don't, yeah i don't want you to give spoilers so yeah i don't want to give spoilers and there's really nothing else that that i could say about this this was this this season overall did not come up to the level of last all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about peripheral, peripheral, peripheral. peripheral. Yes. Uh, and last week we ended with the next snap, which was awesome. Uh, but I was like, man, isn't that going to make her want to kill you more? Of course. And this <laughs> this week's episode, it it ends on a cliffhanger that made me mad. I was like, they can't be ending it here. It can't be ending. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> But I like that we spent a lot of time with the soldier that I'm blanking on his name. Is it Colin? The ones with no, the guy with no legs. Um, is it Colin? Oh, no, not Will. Well, he's a different guy. Um, yeah, Will's a totally different guy. Um, but yeah, might be Colin. Uh, I like that we spent Connor. a lot of time. Connor. Connor. Connor, there we go. I got to so see him in the right. Uh, we did his flashback. We found out what happened to him. And I was like, why does this story seem familiar? And I realized that was the story that they were t- they were showing in the in that room with the with the upside down pyramid that's green yes. and they were describing he was the soldier like, they were influencing yeah that they were yeah and i was like holy crap they're the reason that this happened to him cuz cuz as it was why i was like wait a minute i've already heard this story before and i was like oh that makes it even more tragic even more tragic and it's crazy uh, but I, I find the inspector, because we don't really know that much about this inspector character, other than everyone's terrified of her. Like, that's the only thing we know. And apparently she doesn't ask questions that she doesn't know the answer to. And I like how smart and intimidating and just the presence that she has. Like, she comes into the room and everybody's like, whoa. You know, it's all that gravitas. A lot of gravitas. So... I like this character a lot, and it's the first time we've ever seen that rich, smarmy dude uh, taking down a peg, and I'm I'm here for that. I, I want to see more of that. <laughs> All right, Tom, you go ahead. What did you think? I just looked up the name of the episode, <laughs> and it is not podcast safe. Oh, oh it's, it's the password. The password. It's the password. <laughs> All, right. All right, Tom, what, what did you think? I thought it was a great episode. I mean, starting with... Is it Connor? Yeah. Yeah. Starting with Connor's story. And the thing is, that is so, okay, as an animal lover, that's just, whoever does that, that's evil. That's evil. Anybody who uses, like, uh, you know, an animal as bait to first to kill the animal and to, you know, kill or maim a soldier. I mean, they, they deserve to be in the lowest circle of Dante's hell. But uh, no, well, just throwing the bomb into the animal was horrific. Oh, oh, oh yeah, because when he starts tracing it and then sees that it's the animal mm-hmm. itself that's ah oh, devastating, and then um, but and then uh, hot, hot but not entirely smart sheriff Tommy. Oh, deputy. Deputy, sorry, the deputy, sheriff is, yeah, yeah, yes, because yeah. the, the sheriff's evil, sheriff is corrupt. The sheriff's yeah, the evil. Sheriff. Deputy Tommy's yeah. just cute but dumb <laughs> well but, he's not entirely dumb he's not entirely dumb but his wife like even his, tells him his or it, wife yeah, or, fiance wife or whatever whatever yeah hey who owns he this town you know who this goes back to we need to right. get out of here 
And he's like, the hood? I made a... It's like... And even the brother says, yeah... You need to. Get, you're not equipped. You're, you're not, not equipped. equipped. You can't. You can't yeah. deal, bro. You're. So it was an interesting. It was fascinating that they shifted the focus slightly, but still moved the plot forward. And the thing that was a trip was when, um, I mean, after he had a taste of being in a peripheral, he's like, "Oh, so I could actually have a life of some sorts." And he's told about the co- what the cost of that would be. But the fact that all three of them get summoned to the future because of the inspector, that was a trip. That was cool. Uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, I thought overall it was a strong episode, though I have to say the inspector was um, a kind of a weak link for me. I understand really? what she was supposed to be. Um, I mean, and she's an authority figure. So she has all this power behind her and apparently the ability to tell when people are lying and all of that and i wanted to like her but she i i I think it goes to the performance the the actress herself um she just felt like she came walking out of an agatha christie novel instead of the show that everybody (laughs) else i think it was the clothes too she was dressed very strangely period piece yeah yeah she was was a different thing it's, yes. it's like suddenly I'm, 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 I'm in this weird combination of, you know, Miss Marple meets Inspector Poirot. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like she was, she was, her acting style was coming from a different program entirely. So I, I, I wanted to like her and I like the effect that her character has on the others. But I, and so, so I'm interested to see, you know, where, where this goes with her now. But I, I don't know. I just, it, it, her performance rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I, I loved her. I think that next week they, well, my thing is they left us on a cliffhanger and I want, I wanted the next episode immediately. And I did not appreciate that it went to black at that moment. Cause uh-huh. we have all three of them in the future. And I'm like, yep. we doing a thing. Let's do a thing. And um, I know they and, wake up and it's like, and next wait. And then it's, and then it cuts to black. Yeah. All right. Well, next up, let's talk about Andor. And this is the penultimate episode, um, which after the prison break, it does feel kind of like a lull a bit. Of, but it's all set up for what I'm assuming is going to be the big finale. Because there's no way that Andor is not going to end up at his mom's funeral. I was going to say, is that, is that totally a sucker's bet that he is totally going to his mom. Oh, he's, ab- he's absolute because everyone who's and, anyone apparently is going to be at his mom's funeral. All yeah. of them hunting Especially him. Especially the Empire and their lackeys. Well, the other thing is there has to be a turning point where Andor goes from being hunted by the rebels to being a rebel. And he's being hunted by the rebel. He's being hunted by the Empire right now. And he's being hunted by the rebels. They want to kill him too. That's why they have somebody staking out his mom's house because he's the only link to uh, the what's rock. that dude's name? Uh, I can't think of his name. He's the only one who's a link who is not reliable, and they they have somebody set to kill him. They're hunting him to kill him. So he's being hunted by all the groups, and so there has to be a turning point where he goes from being hunted by the rebels to being a rebel. And I'm hoping that happens in this finale. Fingers crossed. Can we say how awesome that ever so brief battle was between. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I was like, what kind of ship is that? And the idiot empire lackeys. Um, I texted about that and nobody responded. And I just want to say that. Uh, and I'll say it here on the show that we had the double, you know, bladed lightsaber. And then I was like, <laughs> is that a double bladed ship? I was like, what is happening? Lasers on both sides. Oh, I they've mean, always had lasers on both sides. No, no, no. But he like flips it. The like, uses well, it yeah, like, the thing. like a lightsaber is what uh, I mean. Yeah, saying. he turned he turned a ship into a lightsaber. A double sided lightsaber. I was also like I, I mean, I literally was like, that was the hottest, fastest, like, I mean, it was a dogfight that wasn't. I just was like, what is happening? And the tension was so amazing. I mean, the show is so good. It doesn't even need to have, you know, it. you can give me 
a 15 second dog fight and I'm just as satisfied as if I'd watched, you know, a 15 minute dog fight with like 17,000 ships. I was like, it is beautifully done. It is streamlined. It gets to the point. There is no and I fact. love the look on that, uh, the Empire Space, Empire that space. guy, the, the captain. I was like, man, does he have to report to Vader about this? <laughs> <laughs> across the, the and that's so star wars like the the yeah. the empires uh, all of the empires um characters you know from the from the all of them like they're they just it's it's such a rich show but it so oozes the cinema the movies the actual star wars it does not seem like a television show from the top to the bottom from the right side to the left side you could turn it over in any direction and it's still seems absolutely like it belongs in the star wars movie world i mean it's so good and that line where he says oh my god it almost broke my heart when he found out before he found out that his mother had died he's like she's gonna be so proud of me you know and he was like well and i was like no (laughs) i was like you i mean what I was like, don't you do this to me, Andor. You've, you've given me like this amazing dogfight, and now you're just killing me with the heart stuff. I mean, it does everything really well. And I'm not even going to talk about what happened in the episode, except to say that it ge- it gave me everything. It gives me everything. It is everything. I love oh, the show. Lord. <laughs> uh, Allison, you hit us. What do you got? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I think mostly this episode, and you pointed it out yourself, was was about moving the chess pieces around the board just to, right. to set things up for the end. So not a lot happened in this episode, but what they did do, I think, was more on a personal level. And there was one thing that I, I really enjoyed because it's it, it's something that's always bugged me kind of with, with Star Wars, is that they, they give their droids these very human personalities, but then they have the, the human characters not treat them like people. And in this, they had, you know, the, the little droid that, that has been with his, his mom for all this time and is clearly grieving. And they treated it like a, like a, a person grieving. who was like grieving. Think, yeah. You know, I mean, point. they, they actually gave that um, to, they, they gave that dignity to this character, which I thought was fantastic because I usually don't see that in, in Star Wars movies, Excellent which is, you know, it's, it's always kind of bugged me. And, and they did that with this character and I loved that. I thought that was beautifully done. Um, and the rest of it, you know, I think uh, it was all, it was, it was all mainly just, you know, moving parts, but I, I thought the way they did it was excellent. And again, um, the, uh, oh God, the guy, I'm, now I'm blanking on his name. Cyril Karn? The, the character who's going to be, you know, the, the underling who's going to be so much trouble. Um, oh, the one that's, that's, that's hanging out with his mom? Yeah, the stalker yeah, C- guy. Cyril Karn. Um, yeah. Well, he's hilarious to me. I was like, you can't be a legit villain if you have to wait for your mom to and you have to wait for your mommy that contradiction is fantastic i think that's part of the whole fantastic layered you know thing i mean yeah i, th- I yeah. think he's perfect as you know when you when you hear about people who do like horrible things yeah um, they go and shoot someplace up and then you find out well you know oh he's just this quiet guy who lived in his mom's basement <laughs> um, exactly. and, and he's kind of that so yeah, uh exactly. yeah he's he he worries me every time i see I him feel like here's my prediction here's my prediction based on what you just said because it just came to me right now which is the empire is going to be there waiting for for Andor. everybody's going to be and, waiting for Andor. Everybody, yeah everybody's gonna be waiting but the the monkey wrench is going to be that the karn guy oh so like, he's gonna, mm-hmm. yeah he's gonna think that he's capturing Andor himself because he's not in the loop he doesn't know what's going on so he's gonna rush in and call himself capturing him. And plus, Andor knows what that dude looks like. Mm-hmm. So he's going to run in, try to capture him. He's going to totally screw up the Empire's plan to capture him. That's how That's how Andor avoids being captured by the Empire, because this idiot. And then some kind of way he has to convince the rebellion, the rebels, that he's not you know, a bad guy. And he's going to go off and escape with the rebels. That is my prediction. The end. Let's see how bad I, I'm, how much I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to know, I'm, is I'm, Mothman's good. daughter in a cult? What the heck was that about? Yeah. Is it like the young female Imperials or something? 
Yeah, I think they it's like, like recite out of a book. Go ahead. Well, I don't think it's about Imperials. I think it's about their culture, whatever, wherever they're from. And she's like a traditionalist. You know, those people who become like the the children become zealots. You know, the parents are, are you know, kind of uh, moderate, but then the children become zealots of whatever, you know, culture they are. I don't think it's about the empire or imperialism. I think it's about, they keep talking about their particular rituals and the whole like, you know, the marriage thing and the, you know, yada, yada thing. So I think it's, you know, it's, I think we see it, you know, in, in, in stories and even in real life where the children become zealots for whatever, you know, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely a cult. I have a quick question to you guys though, because I could not get the, um, the subtitles to work. And I, and I loved, this is another oh, good thing. Oh, yes, that one scene. I had to turn the subtitles on because I could not make out what that was I didn't understand was what was going on, and I still don't oh, understand. Oh, on the planet going. with the, on the, the, planet. the looking creatures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the aliens. Oh, Who were they? Yeah, the aliens. Okay, the, so the, here's here here's the thing, because I did have my subtitles on, because everybody else told me they couldn't understand. I was like, what are you talking I about? Could, I tried it's to very, get it's very simple. It's, it's very simple. It was, they try to steal those guys' ship, and then they get caught. And then those dudes are like, screwing with them and are like oh we can get a hundred ahead for both of these guys and then it doesn't say whether they want them alive or dead but then they start talking about how the empire screwed them and they're like we're not the empire we're not the empire and they're like yeah yeah we know and you find at the end he, they're just totally just screwing with them and then they let them go and then they let them go and they're like where do you want to ride to and they're like such and such a plan. they're like all right come on i'll take you that's I mean, okay. basically, I, the 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 key thing was was you know reminding them that they're they're not the empire, because they hate the empire everybody as much as any of the rebels do. Correct. Yeah. Because the empire basically, because they're on that that planet was their home planet, and the empire turned it to garbage. Mining, yeah, they're mining. Yeah, they killed all their, their fish. Like, killed and, all their fish, yeah. and so they hate it. And so they're like, all right, where do you need to go? We'll take Well, it. that's the other yeah. thing I liked about it. I thought the the actual aliens were, were good. They were cool. They kind they of, were. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought they were kind of original. They didn't seem, they, and they fit into the Star Wars world. Yeah, but they I needed to clean up the dialogue because you literally could not understand what that guy. No, I, I, I tried to listen it. to it twice and then went, screw it. And I, I brought up the, the, <laughs> the subtitles and it was like, there because there was just no way. I'd, I'd like uh, make I, out a word here and there and that, that the rest of it, I was like, That's what? so funny. I always watch television with my subtitles I on. I keep mine on most of the time, too. Yeah, I keep I mine don't. on. I, I hate don't subtitles. Know. I hate them. There, there's too much mumble vision going on, especially with America. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I think we're saying thumbs up. Can I just say... Yes. Oh, wait, Tom, go ahead. As awesome as it is that uh, Stellan Scar's card has become an action hero at the, at the, <laughs> at the young old age of 71... Wow. <laughs> we got to give props to Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma because yes. her... I mean, she's giving a very realistic, understated performance, but man, she's kind of screwed herself because she's funding this. She's moving money around and there's a new cop in town with forensic accountants. And she's like, what? And uh, yeah. she's getting she's getting backed into a corner. She's and fantastic. we know that this is going to, I mean, her family. I, and- I don't know if I was her. I would be like, okay, well, this mobster is willing to do this for this. What other mobsters you got? Like, <laughs> yeah. you open up that mobster? Is there a hut out there? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. What should open up that? that? But my thing is, the next mobster might not want her daughter. The next mobster might just be like, hey, I want a favor. I'd be yeah. like, you know what? Let's do that. Versus the one that wants to trade her daughter. Yeah. Although, because we don't like her daughter, it's like, hey, <laughs> this is a traditional bonding ceremony. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh That's wow. So funny, Tom. That's a little hardcore, Tom. That's, That's a little not hardcore. completely inaccurate, Tom. I kind of was thinking the same thing. I was like, we don't like her anyway. <laughs> you guys, you guys are cold. Yeah, you guys are cold. Chattel, chattel, send her oh, off. Oh wow. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, we obviously are saying thumbs up. We cannot wait, dude. I just realized almost all our shows are wrapping out next week. We won't have anything to talk about. I guess you know what that means. After next week, we're gonna have to do our end of the year wrap up. Uh oh. So yeah, soon. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I already well, have I... my top two. I already have my top two. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. All right. All right. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to TV Campfire at gmail.com, follow on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, you listen to us on Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.